Just the just the two of us today. Just the, just the two of us. We can, as the song goes, we can make it if we try. Yeah, just, just the two of us. <laughs> and we can put some other song titles in in there too. You know, like I can see clearly now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Chris, our... Chris is away, yeah. and uh, uh, Malvina is enjoying some time with uh, with a hubby uh, away too. So I think um, you know that. Great for for both of those guys, yes. for Lena and for Chris, to be away yep. and doing what needs to happen. Soul and soul refreshing time. That was good. Yes, yeah, yeah. Excited for them, and it's been so good having four of us on because it's like a cord of four strands. It's not easily broken. It's been a good season to have um, to have all mm-hmm. of us be able to rotate through. I'm looking forward to having all four of us back on again sometime soon. Oh, there are amazing times when that happens. That's always so rich. A synergy, it's just great. Yeah. So um, I I thought we could, uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different today than. And now for something totally different. I'm going to to, uh, develop my interviewing skills. And uh, and, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to say, but I'm going to. I'm going to interview you, Peter. I'm going to yes. ask you some, some questions. So, Peter, um, when, when we're talking about um, the the prophetic, the seer, uh, what what mm-hmm. what do you recollect as your earliest abilities to be able to, even if you're looking back from now, your earliest abilities mm. to be able to see and to understand some things in the prophetic? Mm, that's fascinating. Yeah, I'm loving this interview idea. Um, yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that today, Mark, um, reflecting on the first time you came to Columbus and you prophesied over everybody in the room. You didn't know anybody's names. And I was probably three or four years old in the Lord, if that, you know. Um, and I walked home that night and thought, oh, my goodness, Acts of the Apostles is real. And that caused me to start to get into this whole headspace, too, of like, and does that mean healing's real, too? Like, you know, like. And so I think first experience was really getting exposed to it through you. And then I think that what started to happen there as well is I had a great Christian counselor. She was she was probably 75 years old at the time and really like a grandma figure to me. And I met with her every other week or so for for about a year and a half and that was a, that was a godsend. And she would help me hear the Lord, like invite God into some certain things that had been hard for me in the past, hear the Lord's voice, etc. So there was like this process where I started to learn to hear God for myself prophetically. And what I would do is I'd actually take that either to a pastor or to this counselor <clears throat> or to my wife, my now wife, uh, who had walked with the Lord for a long time. And I'd say, you know, here's what I feel like God said. And 
sometimes my now wife would be like, oh, that's awesome. You know, and sometimes she'd be like, I don't think that's God. Like, why don't you go back and ask again? And, and so I think that there was this real, um, I had prophetic community. I feel like, I don't know that I did anything to cause that to happen, but I was, I was blessed to have community right away in the prophetic. And then a few years later, as you started mentoring me more directly, Mark, I think that one of the things that you often said was like, prophetic people need community. They need to be understood. They need a safe place to process a place where they're not ostracized a place where they're not seen as weird you know and where they can process these this sort of the spiritual intel this spiritual information and you know go through the process of hashing it out not not get hurt by people casting them out or shunning them and then be kind of rogue lone prophetic processors that end up in you know pretty invariably in weird spaces because you know we need each other and so I think that those are my early experiences was really around hearing. I would hear a lot. I'd hear, I'd hear whole phrases, like not audibly, but mm-hmm. I'd hear whole phrases. And then I started to notice too, that I would see things. I'd, I'd keep my eyes open in prayer for people. And all of a sudden I see some word on some book, you know, like this word perfect up here in the corner on this book, like would stand out to me. And I knew it wasn't just like intellectual for some reason. And then I'd prophesy off of that and it would really impact someone. And I started to realize like, Oh, I I'm seeing things too, you know? And then I also started, Mark, I remember you teaching me this idea of like, Hey, not every emotion that you feel in a room might be yours. Like, like there's, there's dynamics going on in spaces that, that are beyond you. And you might be picking up some things that are somebody else's and, and I started to realize, like, oh, like, this is why sometimes when I take my wife out to, to dinner or something, like, I feel like it's wild in the restaurant. And, and we started to have language for, you know, she could tell me and I could, I could even articulate, you know, there's a lot going on here spiritually, but I'm going to go ahead and turn that off now. You know, I'm going to have a date. And it's not my job to, I understand there's dynamics between the wait staff and the owner of this place. I can feel them. I can see that there's something there. Um, and also over here at this table, there's some really wild things going on spiritually, but I don't have to be about that right now. Like I'm going to enjoy my date and learn to even turn off some of those things at times. So it it was like a a process of learning how to receive, I think, and how to process those things. Yeah. So has it worked in that way for you? It sounds like what you, what you're saying is that the more, attention that you actually focused on particular things like if you if you had an experience where you saw a name and you mm-hmm. used that it, so the more often mm-hmm. that you do that the more that that became a part of your repertoire yeah there was definitely a rehearsal to it like when i was first hearing phrases or answers to specific prayers uh i i pressed into that and i'd get feedback from people you know and then then, yeah, then I would start to see. I remember one time uh, we were at the mission church, actually, and um, I think it was Keith Ferrante came up to me one day and he said, you see. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you you see, like you see things spiritually, like you're a seer. And I was like, yeah, I do see. I do see things. And, I, and he said, well, you've seen in the natural, but you're about to see in the heavenlies. And I said, well, that's that's interesting because just yesterday – we were in worship with this group of leaders and I went into a heavenly encounter that was really descriptive and, and more than anything I'd had like that before. Yeah. And I, I started to realize like, 
and I, his word proved true. I mean, over the next multiple years, I had some pretty unsolicited, like I wasn't seeking them necessarily heavenly encounters that were, um, you know, it's like, okay, now I'm seeing things not just in the natural. And so one of the things you taught me about that way back though, Mark, that was very helpful is you said, sometimes God will take you through a development process where he'll strengthen the tool of being able to see in this way or hear in this way. And then sometimes it's like, then he'll like kind of remove that tool from the toolbox for a little bit or kind of make it go a little mute or dormant. And it's not that it's not there for the future, but he's like, I want to develop your mastery in something else so that you're not just totally reliant upon the two ways you've learned so far. Yeah. That's an important thing because I think sometimes that we can, almost treat the tool as God mm. and not recognize the tool is what God has given to us because it's all mm. about it's it's about his con- about connecting with him it's about operating with him wow one that's of, good one of the things that um, uh, you know I see particularly with you and you wear a number of hats but if we just distill it down to two you you are you're leading um, the, the senior leader of a church, mm-hmm. and you are the principal of a school. Mm-hmm. So they are two different arenas, similar, yeah. different arenas. Prior to that, you were consulting. Prior to that, you, you were in a another type of school as a as a principal or vice principal. Or, but yeah, just talking about today. How do you operate in those two similar but distinctly different um, things? How, how do you how do you put them together? How do you not be schizophrenic, so to speak? Mm, mm. Um, so, in in terms of yeah, so let I'll answer it this way to start. I think that. I think that the way that I've learned to live in both spaces, because I've been doing this sort of ministry and education, you know, this, this church and education thing for a little while. And I think that, you know, there's like kind of this doctrine that we're all, once we're born again, we're all children of God. And that's like universal. Like I've been adopted spirit of adoption. I'm a son of God. There's a universality to that sonship. Um, within the body of Christ, you know, I'm not talking about universalism, but within the body of Christ, all, all born again, believers are children of God, but then there's specificity of gifting, you know, and, and, and calling. And just like in a normal natural family, there's, there's people that have, um, you know, different callings and they still carry the DNA of that family. They still carry the, the ethos of that family, the values of that family. And they represent that all over the place, wherever they go. And I think that that's what I've learned about doing this sort of kingdom stuff yeah. is that is that who I am in Christ, my ability to hear from God, my, my understanding of God's word and how that applies to situations and my heart to minister, you know, the authority that I might have spiritually, all of that is kind of just who I am. And then the context is all that changes. And I want to make that clear because I think that that's that's been really helpful for me because even when I was in secular school environments, I didn't leave who I was spiritually at the door when I went into those environments. But 
in a secular environment, if they're hiring me specifically for what they're hiring me for, then I need to serve them in the way that they're hiring me. Now, I can bring all of the spiritual tooling that I have uh, under the hood to help accomplish what they're trying to accomplish as an organization and to do it with the love of God behind it and to do it with the power of God behind it, to do it with spiritual discernment, informing it, etc. Um, but I don't then need to, you know, I don't need to, to totally make that like church. It's like, no, that's a school and it might even be a secular school. And so I need to leaven that environment with the kingdom of God in a way that serves people in the way that they're wanting to be served. You know, and so I think that in the church space, of course, people are coming for spiritual equipping. And so that's primarily what I do. And then and currently in a Christian school environment, there's both spiritual equipping and there's the practical things of like, we want the kids ready for algebra and we want them to write good five paragraph essays. And, you know, those those are both of the things. And I think that that's how I can kind of I'm myself, but then I serve the context that I'm in. So can I maybe just get a little bit more, um, just so, yeah. Practical? No, not practical, but actually probably a little bit, maybe become a little bit more vulnerable. From my own experience and, you know, from um, some things that I I know, um, I know that in leadership, whether that be in a school environment or whether that be Mm -hmm. in a church environment, there... um, and particularly when you are um, changing culture, there can become uh, certain uh, relational issues that can arise, um, where you know people may may have trouble with a change in direction or all of those sorts of things. And that's that's often a lot harder on the leader who's bringing that further than people realise. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if if ever you've been hurt by, um, you know, leadership, what else, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm pretty sure I know that you have been, but I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. with that sort of environment of dealing with people and changing cultures and whatever else like that, Mm -hmm. how have you, how have you stayed in a place where you've kept your spirit sweet and not Mm -hmm. been there? Yeah. Boy, it's a great question. I mean, um, you're you're hitting at something that is hard. I mean, it's 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 interesting. You know, I think that that one of the things that I I maybe have learned to do, and I say maybe because sometimes some of these things with leadership is like, wow, yeah, I've got so much to grow. But um, I think I've gotten better at it not being about me. You know, I think. You know, if anyone wants to be a leader, let them become a servant kind of thing. And and so it's this weird thing where you fight so hard as a leader to get the vision from the Lord. Yeah. And he spent years giving you vision for something. You know, he spent years giving me vision for something. But then there's like all of these phases of surrender of that. Like there's the surrender of like, okay, so now I'm going to try to roll this vision out that he's given me. And I know it's for this institution or this organization. I'm going to try to implement that. And people may or may not want that. And am I okay if they don't want that, you know, or they don't want parts of that. 
am I okay that if they do want it, but they don't know that they want it yet, but they will want it once they see the results of it? And am I okay with with maybe being not liked in the process of helping as graciously as I can move an organization towards what God's leading me to and what the other leaders around me are saying, yes, this is good. We need to go here. And then there's also the thing of like, am I willing to, am I willing to, to, to do all of this in such a way that it serves? I mean, I think that Jesus's restraint is one of his most profound characteristics. You know, I've got so much to tell you, but you can't bear it right now. You know, I've got new, new wine, but I will only put it in a new wine skin. Like he doesn't want it to burst. And so then there's that restraint piece too. Like, am I okay with a 30% implementation of the vision? Like, or am I okay with, with patience as it moves towards that? And in some instances, like being even, even willing to surrender. And I've done this. I've, I truthfully, I feel like this has almost become par for the course for me talking with the leadership of an organization, say, this is what God's laid on me. This is the calling on me. This is how I operate. This is what I'm called to. This is the vision. But if this is not the right fit for this organization in this season, like, let's have that conversation. I will not have hard feelings. Like I, the only reason God's given me a gift is to serve. And if it wouldn't be of service for me to move in this direction with the organization right now, I'm happy to step back even. And I think that, I think that that sort of like, I think that's helped me, you know, try to try to really be in that spot of like, this is not about me. It is about me operating in what God's given me. And it is about that and, and, and all of that, but it's, but it's, it's about serving and how do I keep forever bringing it back to the place of service? So, so do you think if I summed it up like this, let's just take the church leadership because that often, and it's not in its own, but it's it's often that you it's a, it's a very interesting um, environment because you really yep. you're significantly dealing with volunteers, you know, yep. and people yep. have all sorts of um, perspectives and all those sorts of things. But I'm I'm wondering if one of the keys that's worked for you is that you have held onto the position fairly lightly, not with a clenched fist and saying, yeah is mine i have this but an open hand that says well look you know if if my time's done or if it's yeah do you think that that's been a part of that i think so i remember when i became a pastor my wife's uh dad my father-in-law who's a great man of god said there's something about bivocationalism like he was in favor of it yeah. and I've kind of always been bivocational to some extent in this last season, we've been able to set up church structures so I can really fully be bivocational and still be the senior leader. Yeah. But what's, but there's, I know that that seems like it's just like tactical, but it's actually really significant because it's kind of like, well, if this isn't the right season for me to, to lead this church with what God's given me for this season. And I was to step back from that, not only, not only can I have my identity not be in being a pastor or a pastor of this particular church, which gives me grace to not hold on to it too tight, like you say, but I don't have to have all of my all of my career in that space either, yeah. which I think gives me some. It really does give me some flexibility. The same thing goes from the schooling side of it. You know, I've I've been a teacher, I've been an assistant principal, I've been a consultant for years. Now I'm uh, the the lead principal. You know, so there's 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 that sort of thing too, where that can adjust and ebb and flow over time. Because again, it's not only school that I'm doing. 
And yeah. so I think that that has helped me hold loosely, you know, uh, coupled with, of course, I've got a sign that's hung in my wood shop for years. Peter minus the name of my church, Agathos. Peter minus Agathos still equals Peter. Yeah. And, you know, because I, I was aware stepping into that role that I, I didn't want to become Pastor Peter. You know, I, I'm not saying I didn't want to do the role, but I, I can't help but see that Paul doesn't say Apostle Paul. He says Paul, comma, an apostle called yeah. from God. So it's, it's, it's like Paul, I feel like, and I could be reading into it, but I don't think I am. I think he understood it was a role that he played and the role was to serve. It wasn't an identity that he had. It was a role that he played. The interesting thing about Paul is that Paul, and knowing his his background, he, he's really a, a really classic, um, you would think he would be sent to the Jews because he had all of that mm-hmm. background, I know. that knowledge, and yet God said, no, you're to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. And we actually also see that his significant ministry starts to take off when he actually focuses on the marketplace mm-hmm. when he's when he's a tent maker you know when all of those sorts mm. of things that are take place you know he also got himself into trouble by you know um uh but that, that's not his fault he was doing what it was the response to people you know mm-hmm. yeah spirits and all those sort of things that at at work and i think that one of the things that we've taught for a long time and I think we're coming into a different expression of it too is there's no such thing as sacred and secular yeah they are concepts that have been established by people to describe something that it, it's 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 not not the case you know like yep. ministry the people that are leading full time in a church context mm-hmm. are operating in ministry as much as the businessman who's building his yep. business for the kingdom as much as in 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 that and i think there's got to come an understanding in the body of christ where ministry is seen that operates within the whole realm and that's yep. the area we've got to see and got to move into because otherwise we get one is better than the other and that's not the case yes it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I experienced early on in the school system, even as I was ministering in the church space, is I'd be in these meetings with uh, visitors to the school that I was at that were coming to hear how we did what we did. It was a real innovative school. Yeah. And I would feel the anointing come upon me as I shared with these folks. And I'm sharing about project-based learning or classroom management or, or you know, school stuff. But I'd feel the anointing come upon me. And this really stood out to me as a, as a young sort of bivocational, you know, marketplace and, and church space uh, minister, is I was like, so the same anointing that I feel when I preach, you know, that I often feel when I preach the gospel and share at church from the pulpit, I'm feeling as I'm talking in education space. Yeah. And that, ta- that taught me something. Like I, I, I grabbed hold of that. I'm like, okay, so God's in both of these businesses. So. I mean, I would probably think. See, we've got Dave Champion who's saying hi. Hey, Dave. Um, I, I would, I would probably think that Dave Champion, when he's going to do a pour, is probably mm-hmm. prayed about that, prayed into it. I, they still have to do the work. 
still got to do all the boxing yeah. setup and 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 all those sorts of things. But I I, mm-hmm. I would probably think he's he's committing that to the Lord. You know, he's declaring that he's looking mm. for weather, all of those sorts of things that would be necessary, that would that would happen. But he's also de- testifying about what, how God led, or how God put it together, or how He protected mm-hmm. all this. And so mm. I think that when we when we see that the scripture that says whatever you do, do it unto the Lord, was not Come just on. written. Or a particular, it wasn't written for pastors, or it wasn't. Yeah, it was everybody. Yeah. And then when we when we start to live out of some of this, because sometimes we can we can know a scripture, but we don't mm-hmm. necessarily live out it. Like for instance, Romans Romans eight twenty eight, God works everything together yep. for good, and we can we can know it. But then we become surprised when some when when mess becomes actually mm. do you know what I mean when when yep, he actually yep. works together for good and I think mm. that we we're, we're supposed to be into a place where we are agreeing with coming into alignment with some of those scriptures and not just have them as head knowledge yes 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 so um Let's digress or let's go back a little bit to what we were talking about before because before I went to talk about, you know, how do you deal with how do you deal with the things that aren't working quite as well? Mm-hmm. So what if, what do you think? Let's just take the last 10 years. Yeah. Right. And I'm not asking for a year by year by, but what do you think in the last 10 years would be the standout things that you've learned? Wow. I think one of them was identity in Christ. And in particular, in the last 10 years, the part of the my identity in Christ that I really got was um, that really like being able to love myself, to be honest with you. I mean, I remember one time in prayer, it's like I could hear my heart saying um, like, like some almost like self-loathing sort of stuff things you know and it it wasn't my spirit speaking of course and it wasn't like my head even it's like i could hear that this stuff was in my heart somewhere and so i think that one of the things i've really learned is is identity in christ that looks like me really loving who i am how god made me uh accepting myself loving Mm -hmm. how god made me you know enjoying being me uh enjoying that i'm peculiar in some ways and and you know not i'm not everything and and but i am some things and you know and i might not be everybody's cup of tea at some times and all of that you know just kind of coming into that that space has been really good yeah i think another another thing that i think i've really learned is how to blend the sort of structured orderly um with this with the spiritual like you know just this this combo of like like planning and um being orderly and doing things according to structure and order and governance and that and at the same time very much still flowing Mm -hmm. and i think that you know 
I bring that up because I think in some of my earlier years in the Lord, I was really learning how to flow with the things of the spirit. But one of the main things I learned in this last season is the importance of administrative structure, the importance yeah. of, of governmental structure, yeah. um, the importance of getting formally appointed team members into certain spaces and establishing yeah. the, the boundaries of those roles and stuff like that, which, yeah. which is, which just produced such blessing and, and stability and so many things that I'm a part of. So say that's another main thing that I've learned. I would also say that I've learned to be a lot more vulnerable. Um, I, I don't know a better way to say that than that. Um, I think that there, I, I, I walked on eggshells a lot or, or um, managed what other people thought of me Yes. Um, in, in some different ways, uh, was concerned in the back of my mind about how I presented and I think more and more, that's less and less of a concern for me. Um, I find myself being sort of more forthcoming uh, about where I'm coming from or what I think about a thing. And at the same time, less forceful about what I think about a thing. I mean, Mark, you've had this great phrase recently where it's like, it's not self-doubt, but we're willing to doubt our ideas. And, and I think that I'm, I, I've really, that's been a major breakthrough for me is, is really, you know, that's, I'm, I'm kind of living that, like where I can doubt my ideas, um, and get really good input on them and, and hash them out with the Lord sometimes like, God, is that even important? Is this a thing, you know, like able to do that. And, um, but it's not self doubt, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, those are, those are some things that at least off the, off the cuff come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about before we got here in, and really probably um, where I think you and, and many of us are going into now is um, this governance mm-hmm. concept. Because um, we, we know that Isaiah mm-hmm. or Isaiah, whichever way you <laughs> say it, nine talks about jesus Mm -hmm. and when jesus was to come he was going to be born as a child he was going to become as a son and and then the government was going to be on his shoulders it's going to rest on his shoulders government was going to rest Mm -hmm. on and there would be no end to the increase of governance so i i think that we are we are stepping into that we 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 have We've understood that we were child, children of God. We understood that we were mm-hmm. adopted. We understood that Jesus said, become like a child yep. in order to enter into the kingdom. Then for the last period of time, and, and I, uh, let's just say the last 20 years, there's been quite a focus on identity and sonship. Yep. You know, what does it look like to be a son? And the whole contrasting with orphanness and and that, mm-hmm. that'll still be around, and that's still something that we need to continue to to step into. The next part is governance, mm-hmm. and the government will rest on his shoulders. And I think that that increasing governance, there's no end of the increase, yep. is the yep. area in which I think the Father is taking us. Mm. Even if I prophesy that we were stepping into. Yep. Yeah, part of that is because we have spent quite a bit of time on identity. We're still yep. going to continue to do that. We're still going to continue to 
to grow in that. But we're mm. coming to we're in a season where governance is important. Go, uh, governing, understanding what it is, understanding what is the territory that we're to govern, understanding what are the yep. people group or the peoples that we are to govern. And what does it look like to govern? What does it look like to steer things? What does it look like to prevail? What does it look like to rule, to reign, to operate mm-hmm. as in that yes. uh, that environment of governance? And so I think that's mm. that's uh, and it's not to say people haven't been governing, but I think that there there's a place in which when you start to recognise what you've been doing and to recognise mm-hmm. what you can step into. And to when you mm-hmm. start to understand that, then things open up because you are in fact value yeah. um, what it is that you are supposed to be, you know, what you're supposed to be stepping into. Mm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's interesting that you 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 describe that because if you listen to the you know just a few things that I shared of the last ten years off the cuff, a couple of them were real identity sort of things. Yeah. And then one of them was actually the start of, of governance, really, like looking at how can I be spirit led and at the same time understand the, you know, the administrative structures, the governmental roles and, you know, how to set teams in place so that things can build, um, yeah. you know, which, which, uh, you know, I think it deals a lot in governance. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've had Dave Champion, um, Champion, his, his joke. Uh, what about the rapture? The kingdom rules. He then went on to say it's a joke. Um, <laughs> so that's 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 Dave, of course. Uh, and you know, a lot of people are focused upon getting off the planet. Um, you know, and and my deal is that I, I don't think that you can step into governance with a view that you want to get out of here. Like you, yeah. you either govern or you don't. You know, it's, and yeah. I think that's, that's but, the. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. I taught this Sunday on three hindrances to building. And because um, we're in the series on favor to arise and build. And one of them was just the commit, the commitment that looks like action. And that's kind yeah. of what you're talking about there. Like there, there needs to be like this commitment, um, you know, as we, as we move into governance, it really requires commitment. That's another thing I've been just growing a lot in is the ability to, the ability to, it's odd to say it like that, but it's, it's the ability to really commit to a thing, you know, to, to move from idea and theory to move from like, Hey, boy, that's, that's a good idea. There's something to that, to like, what does it look like to commit to build that? You know, what does it look like to, to, if you were to see that all the way through, what would that look like? Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, one, one of the things that I love that Bill Johnson continually says is they said, if you don't believe that your best days, your mm-hmm. best days are still ahead of you believing a lie. Mm. And um, I don't subscribe to the view, you know, that, that a lot of people have that it's just getting worse or that the bad days are ahead or whatever that might look mm-hmm. like. I continue to live in a place that, that, you know, we, the fun days are ahead. The, the best days are still ahead of us. Mm-hmm. No matter what the things that are coming against us will be, be like. And 
that's why I've maintained I think this decade is destined to be the, the, mm. the incredible decade because we started off with two or three years of unprecedented global panic mm -hmm. and anxiety and shutdown and all sorts of manner of things that curtailed things mm. that that had for centuries operated. Yeah. And we still yeah. continue to see some rumblings of that where we 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 have seen techno technological things being interrupted, you know, a breaking down of mm -hmm. certain whether it's in banking or whether it's in a you know cellular networks and some of those sorts of things that are out of nowhere um mm -hmm. you know, there's a targeting that's happening to that and i think one of the things that is really really important is to be aware of where you've got your eyes on mm, that's good for? jesus said yeah. see you will find if you're looking for um, problems, you'll find them. If you're looking for yep. opportunities, you'll find them. If yep. you're looking for how to advance the kingdom, as Jesus taught us, therefore yep. the dominion of the king, therefore governance, yep. how do I govern? Where do I govern? Who are the mm. people that I govern? If you're looking that's for good. that, you'll find it. Mm, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I well, think that, that govern governance question is a big question for this season. That's I, I think so. I think it is too. I think it. You know, if 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 people are listening to this, um, then and it's what I'm asking, and I'm encouraging people to ask it. Ask your father. Ask. Seek the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Holy Spirit about what is the territory that I have to govern. Yeah. Who are the people that I'm in, and then how do I do that? Yes. That's a very good question. It's a very good, timely question to uh, to ask mm -hmm. as we come to the end <laughs> of, of of this time, which has just flown by today. Yeah, um, it's, been, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, thanks and, for asking uh, questions. Yeah. Well, thanks, Peter. Really uh, appreciate being able to explore some of those sorts of things, and I'm sure they'll be helpful to people. Thank you, Dave, for um, being our uh, audience um, today. I'm sure, I'm sure that people will listen to this at another time. And so we just say um, we bless you. We thank you mm -hmm. for tuning into us. And uh, we will be seeing you next week. Sounds good. See you all then. Okay. See you then. Bye bye. <laughs>